see us. I see our faces. Oh, yes, I see our faces too. It's You'll us. Notice, it's notice us. I'm back in dressing gown mode. Why is that? Because it's because uh, it's autumn. Yeah, the, is that your autumnal wear. The the chill morning temperatures are settling in. <sighs> there you go. So I just have to wear my dressing gown, which Toffee is happy about. Ah, he's taken his usual position. Uh, chat also let us know how my volume is compared to Yahtzee's. I got one very mean message last week that I was louder than Yahtzee, but no one told us during the show, so there's nothing we could do about it. It really but seems to make a difference. To tell us. If I just move my mic like an inch closer to my face, it seems to make a huge difference. I moved my I moved my thing down a little bit, so I don't know. Maybe I'm low now. Who cares? There's, okay. We're all going to die eventually. It doesn't matter. I guess, but we could, you know, it's not unreasonable to ask for decent audio quality in the period before our deaths <laughs> yes uh welcome to slightly something else i'm uh Yahtzee crochet had to think about it for a moment there uh, i'm joined by marty slaver hello everyone welcome and uh this week we're talking about adaptations because mm -hmm. uh, which was sort of seeded by uh playing lies of p last week yep which is ostensibly an adaptation of pinocchio which yeah. for me feels more like they just slapped a bunch of names onto something. Yeah. And also there's puppets. There are puppets. I realize that maybe adaptation, video game adaptations of other media is probably a larger issue worth talking about. Because I remember us talking recently about adaptations, and I realized that video game tie-ins for like current movies has kind mm -hmm. of stopped being a thing. Which is crazy, because it used to be like the thing. Yeah, like that used to be... Seem to have quietly faded, especially. Seem to have quietly faded away without anyone noticing. I, w I wonder what, because uh, the last one I think I did for in a review setting would probably have been Amazing Spider-Man Two. Yeah, which was uh, a little over ten years ago, probably that long. Uh, really? I think so. Yeah, because we've had this MCU Spider-Man since like 2015, I think. Andrew Garfield Spider-Man wasn't ten years ago, surely. I think 2015 or was those Tom Holland. So, <laughs> well, shut my um, mouth. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So when we talk about adaptations, obviously there's, um, you know, technically any comic book adaptation is an adaptation. The upcoming Spider-Man game is an adaptation. But I think we're more talking about very specifically pulling from that source material, from being yeah. able to point at something and saying this is the source material that this thing is is being pulled from which we used to get for movies all the time so almost every big summer blockbuster would would have a game adaptation yeah. even big sitcoms home improvement starring and, tim yeah. allen and most of the time game. these games were complete bollocks because uh, the usual attitude was that it was just slapping name recognition onto what was yeah. usually a well-established gameplay style something, yeah. that you, something you could just hammer out so as you say in 16-bit yeah. eras they just hammer out platformers and just mm -hmm. slap on an ip yeah, we had our home. We had Home Alone. We had Cliffhanger. Yeah. We had the Cool Spot. We had Pepsi Man. We had all sorts of garbage. I'd say as time moved on, uh, the standard model for adaptation was uh, like your third-person shooter in your mm -hmm. PS2 period onwards. Yep, yep. If, if if the thing had guns, they would be like, oh, let's just turn it into a third-person shooter. Yeah, to, even much. sometimes if the thing didn't have guns, there was like one of the later Harry Potter movies. They were just like, we'll just. Um, pretend this is a third-person cover-based shooter, but you're a wizard. Yeah. So it was pretty much just Gears of War, but with wands. And while we do get games that are adaptations of film properties nowadays, they don't, they don't, they're not brought out to tie in with films that are coming out around the same time. I mean, yeah. there, are, 
because I just remember there was a Batman Begins video game that came out around mm-hmm. this time. Batman Begins was a film. And I happen to know that there was not a Dark Knight video game because yeah. it was being worked on by a studio in Brisbane called Pandemic. Interesting. And uh, I happened to be mates with a lot of uh, people who worked at Pandemic. Uh, so I was uh, aware that they were working on this, but uh, they just didn't make it in time. Yeah. They just couldn't get it done in time, and the, what they were working on wasn't actually any good. So uh, they just uh, eventually decided, let's just let's just not bother. And I like to think that that or something like the period around that time might have been the tipping point. Yeah, because if I you look a little a bit point, after that, yeah, oh, go ahead. There was a point where uh, video games started taking longer and longer and longer to make, and at the yeah. same time, films were getting shorter and shorter and shorter to make. Yeah. With the advance of technology and special effects, you can knock shit out in like you can knock like out initial filming in a matter of weeks these days. Yeah, and then you just need a, a year or so, maybe yeah. two years to do the the post production. And, and video game productions like uh, release dates are always so unreliable; they're constantly being uh, delayed these days. Yeah. So it's just and it's just probably not worth it to try to like kill yourself to get it out around the same time as a major film. And considering that most critics are going to savage it anyway, because video game tie-ins of films are always kind of shit. Yeah, it's it's funny that we went for almost I would say the past ten years of of the biggest sort of nerdy monoculture things didn't really have AAA game adaptations. Like we didn't get even going back a little bit further. There was no like big AAA Hunger Games game, no. which seems like that would have been a thing that you could have gamified. There was no. Well, it's MCU literally just Battle Avengers. Royale, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Like, so maybe that's. Maybe, maybe that genre was kind of inspired yeah. by the movie being inspired by Battle Royale. Avengers is um, a weird example because there was no official, like, sure. di- yeah. direct tie in to Avengers movie. Yeah. However, there was Marvel's Avengers, which was yes. a different interpretation of the same IP that was just yeah. strongly reminiscent of the film adaptation. Yeah. But there was no game that went through the Ultron movie, game that went through, you know, the the Thanos movie. Um, and then uh, the the same thing with, uh, you look at uh, Game of Thrones. Like, we got some mobile games, which I guess that's kind of the other side of the coin is yeah. that's where a lot of this stuff transitioned to. Because mobile games kind can of mobile be and, Yeah, mobile and social games that, we, that just fit in the mold of a city builder or hmm. a... a, a cookie collector kind of thing uh based on the thing and that's kind of like what these things started to be pulled from um as opposed to like it was when nick and i a few months ago a, few, a year ago i don't know when it was we're playing a bunch of old lord of the rings games and like they re they released a two towers game and a uh, return of the king game the year those movies came out back to back and they were like really good like those games were great really? and they were like clearly used it was by the the studio that ended up becoming visceral ea redwood shores um, it was like the games they did before Dead Space 1, I think. So um, they, they were good, eh? Pity nobody yeah. played them. And I think yeah. that, that might be the other reason why they stopped making them, because uh, when video games started becoming these blockbuster properties in their own right, mm-hmm. inevitably uh, they would be, if it was perceived that they were just cribbing off a film, then the, all the effort was kind of wasted. And these days, when there's adaptations of film properties, you can tell it's trying to be like a blockbuster entity in its own right. Yeah. I mean, uh, you talk about Lord of the Rings. I seem to remember the first Shadow of Mordor game came out around the same time as one of the Hobbit movies did. I think so, yeah. Maybe the last one. Yeah, but it was definitely be- being its own thing, Shadow of Mordor. Yeah. 
Yeah, you have things trying to, you know, instead of adapting the Dark Knight trilogy or the Zack Snyder movies, you have the Arkham games coming out and, mm. and um, you know, flourishing, sort of using the the idea that, like, the important thing is the brand. Like, the name Batman is the important thing. Like, which Batman it is doesn't really matter. Um, I mean, that's that's their thought, although... I think yeah. we've seen that go wrong uh, quite a few times. Over Although the years. when game adaptations sort of decoupled themselves from tie-ins with specific uh, movies and TV properties, uh, I would say it was almost a universal improvement. I remember when Shadow of Mordor and Alien Isolation came out the same year, I was like, yeah. why are film adaptations good now? Yeah, yeah. They always, they always used to suck. And I think when a film adaptation is made uh not as part of a like a larger tie-in thing uh there's more passion going into it like, this is like alien isolation was something the developers wanted to make out of passion for alien the franchise not because alien was a convenient property that someone wanted an adaptation of for yeah and you're not beholden to a separate blueprint that um yeah. that you have to and and you know sometimes if you need to follow the story beats of a movie verbatim that's not going to lead to an interesting game or a good game well quite i mean one of the very few movie adaptations that was a good game and i'm sure a lot of people are predicting what i'm about to say was of mm. course spider-man 2 the adaptation yep. uh for the movie which did feature certain elements from the spider-man 2 uh plot mm -hmm. dr octopus most notably but a large part of the movie is of course devoted to uh you know peter parker's personal crisis and wanting to stop yeah. being spider-man and obviously the video game couldn't really adapt to that because you can't really say hey here's a game where you get to play as spider-man only he has to stop being spider-man for half of it so they yeah. just literally chucked all that out of the plot just put in like a whole different thing with black cat and mysteria yeah. and some other things yeah, I also like Peter Parker's Personal Crisis as the name of a game. That should be a mobile game. Peter Parker's Personal uh, Problems. Oh, no, that's too much. You've gone too far. You've gone absolutely too far. Um, there was also, I feel like, uh, there has been some success in adapting things that people didn't even realize were a thing that was being adapted. Like, instead of a comic book adaptation being... Batman or X-Men or something, you know, we got stuff like uh, Scott Pilgrim and remember that 13, that cel-shaded shooter starring David Duchovny? That was yes, apparently based on like based, a French graphic yes, novel. Yes, that, based on a very obscure French comic. Yeah, the same thing with like The Darkness and Turok, which hmm. I didn't know those were comics. Like I knew those as games well before, uh, Wait, Turok well was before a, comics. Turok was a comic before it was a game. Apparently, yeah. Huh. Yeah, well, I... Well, how about that? Yeah, so I guess you can like dig deeper into the mines, and um, hmm. you know there were popular ones we've had good at. Like you know, there's been a lot of pretty decent turtles games, especially kind of the yeah, arcade yeah. brawlers of the '90s. There's a lot of stuff that's trying to crib off of like general nostalgia. Yeah, uh, like games that are themed around '80s concepts, uh, especially like the retro-inspired ones. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting too as we see media itself. You know, we see a thing like Stranger Things, which is, hmm. you know, it is almost a nostalgic thing about nostalgia. And that has had some games made around it, but nothing. Uh, and again, maybe that's part of the reason is these things take a long time to make. And the, 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 the or like the, what it would take for a AAA game to be developed uh, alongside a season of TV or a movie, like those, hmm. those lines aren't parallel. You can't really, 
you can't really have the two of them in conjunction. So, how did we get from there to Lies of P? I mean, I wouldn't say anyone would... I don't think anyone would say Pinocchio is a, strictly speaking, nostalgia popular culture property. Yeah. It feels like you're um, doing a modern adaptation of Moby Dick or something. But it's not unheard of in games and in games that are that have been received pretty well. Like, there are certain stories that... Um, if not in the public domain, I feel like have just become most people probably haven't read the original Pinocchio, but they've probably seen a Pinocchio movie, whether it was the Disney movie or one of the mm. thousand live action movies that just got made. And so it is a story that is uh, ingrained in sort of uh, in, in pop culture. Yes, presumably that's uh, why Pinocchio shows up as a character in Fables, which is ostensibly a crossover exactly. comic about fairy story characters rather than... A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen style yeah, fiction. Yeah, um, we've seen that uh, again about what 10, 15 years ago with American McGee's Alice, Alice in Wonderland being a thing. Even if you haven't read the Lewis Carroll book, mm. you probably know of this story. You've probably seen the cartoon, maybe some adaptation. Um, that's then of, even that sort of adaptation year, of childish things into mature things. That's the lies of P thing as well. Sort of the, yeah. gritty, the gritty take on Alice, like everyone was taking the piss out of it when American McGee did it, but it's mm -hmm. um, a sort of coming-of-age uh, property. It's for people who, you know, people who listen to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> yeah, realizing, I think there's a one-to-one. -one. Realizing right there's, there's yeah. no going back to the carefree days of childhood. Yeah, and even if you watch like the Dis the original Disney animated Alice in Wonderland, you're like, oh, this is this is one of those kind of messed up uh, Disney adaptations. Uh, most think, of those old Disney adaptations are kind of messed up. But, do you think yeah. just with Lies of P is that an indication that if you know IP connection to like a popular uh, current thing is less important than just having any recognizable IP attached? What was that game you were telling me about that's coming up where you play as Ebenezer Scrooge? Yeah, there is a uh, there is a Metroidvania coming yeah. out uh and it's you play as uh, ebenezer scrooge and your like double jump is i made a I, I can't remember if i made the joke or if it's real but i said your double jump is tiny tim lifting you up and i'm pretty sure that wasn't what it actually is but like your double jump is like one of the ghosts so like every time you meet a ghost they give you a new metroidvania -esque yeah, ability. Yeah. and so you're like where did this like at what so is it well, what people, came first the chicken or the egg here like people attach recognizable ips to be to like stand out and is that just what this is just literally any ip if it's in the public domain and easy to get your hands on will do the job i, I mean isn't that like the easiest marketing that's why we're seeing uh, uh what was it just uh, winnie the pooh just became uh yes uh, uh, public, public domain. domain yeah and so we saw a messed up horror movie uh, yeah, last almost, year, and yeah, a game just got announced. Uh, a, like a, a dark Winnie the Pooh game just got announced as well. So, and souls so, like souls like Winnie the Pooh, fill up your honey pot at the bonfire. I don't think it's a souls like. However, I wouldn't not check it out if it was a souls like. Um... Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
but yeah, I'm 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 curious if there's a uh, is there a like artful way to do this? And I I asked the question, and the answer that springs to mind is what Spec Ops did with uh, Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness and Apocalypse. Yeah, now. yeah. See what and, I. So yeah, as a narrative gameplay specialist, the video games that really interest me, as you know, are things that do interesting things to bridge narrative and gameplay, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, that uh, find new interesting primary gameplay loops. And I think there's validity in uh, taking uh, like a existing property and sort of applying themes or elements of that property to new ideas for gameplay loops. I think that's why Spider-Man 2 worked out. Because swinging through the cities of Spider-Man was a unique traversal approach that was interesting yeah. to adapt. And yeah. if you don't have something like that, you just make a shitty third-person shooter or platformer in recent years. But if now that the the field is clear, what IPs do you think would apply themselves to really unique and interesting ways of playing games? The other adapted, adapted thing that I've played that might have been a tie-in to a direct thing uh, was John Wick Hex. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, was, yeah, and that was kind of an interesting, almost like a puzzly strategy take on John. It Wick, was a, right? it was a Mike Bethel game. The Thomas was a yeah. developer, and uh, he was trying to turn like a shootout into a sort, almost sort of turn-based, grid-based thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was like sort of uh, fell short a little bit. I felt like if if you did the whole shootout in the turn-based, grid-based style, and then it showed you what it looked like in real time, that it would probably be, really be impressive. But a uh, really cool cap yeah. to the level. Yeah, yeah. Because the John Wick is all about, you know, strategically, uh, you know, breaking down a fight scene, picking your targets, and most efficiently uh, getting them out of the way. I do like, the minor tangent, I do like that idea of taking something that is very intense and action-focused and then stripping it down to a, like, really basic tactical level um mm. i thought the square enix uh montreal's go games were really good at that like the hitman go uh lara croft go and deus ex go i think that was the last one they made um where they mm. kind of turned the core action of those franchises into really smart mobile puzzle games um mm. but that's that's neither that's neither here nor there um what for, what 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 properties do i think could be could be mined for something really interesting you know what we haven't talked about yet? We haven't talked about anime yet. And Yahtzee, oh, let's talk about some anime. Christ we've gotten sake. We've, got, we've gotten plenty of anime adaptations. I'm going to be honest, a lot of them pretty bad. A lot of them just turn into sort of schlocky arena fighters. I, um, did, I did kind of like the Attack on Titan 2 game for its like was, unique traversal mechanics. I was about to and, say that probably is the one that reminds me most of Spider-Man 2 in terms yeah. of let's take this thing your characters can do and make really fun movement out of this. Yeah, it wasn't exactly the same, but uh, it was interesting. Yeah. You had to like sort of catapult, your slingshot yourself behind enemies and get them in mm -hmm. the back of the neck. Um, I want someone to take Neon Genesis Evangelion oh, and pair it with uh, the Persona-esque duality of living your life as a as a as a teen who doesn't want to be here anymore and uh getting inside a giant robot and fighting angels that's what i want you know there's <laughs> there's a there's an adaptation of neon genesis evangelion that uh basically plays like princess maker except with shinji ikari in place of the princess incredible I did not know this. I think it's. I Japan know there was a bunch of like Japanese games that never. It's, came it's to the Japan US. only. I remember yeah. like it being highlighted in a let's play of something I saw a while back. Yeah. 
But yeah, such um, things exist in Japan. And of, of course, you have plenty of games that were clearly inspired by Evangelion. I would say 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim was... Yeah, Phantom of the Night just brought that up. Yeah, I'm sure that they, they play that. You have... Um, Stephen King is an author who... There's a few Stephen King adaptations, and they're really bad, and I think he doesn't allow them anymore. Um, but Video then you have... adaptations? It, yeah, there was a Lawnmower Man Super Nintendo game. There was an, a text adventure of The Mist in the 80s. There was a point-and-click adventure game of The Dark Half as well. And The, the Dark Half. And then I, the last one I could find was he made this thing called F13, like around 2000. That was oh, Floor 13. Like one of those. Yeah, yeah it was that. like one of those almost like the is this an actual game thing or is this just like a collection of like wallpapers and weird little interactions and uh cd cd rom games yeah yeah early Um, days of cd roms but obviously we have stuff like silent hill and we have alan wake and you know even Mm. i guess a little bit half-life like you know things that were clearly inspired by um the works of stephen king alan wake specifically is like clearly a nod to um well, this is basically what films did. Films started out basically just being recordings of real life and then recordings of stage plays. And then over time, they started to realize the strengths of their own medium. So mm-hmm. they created their own original IPs and uh, and uh, flourished into their current form. Yeah. And video games are taking a similar path, I think. We're, as I've said before, we're sort of currently at the great Hollywood epic period where everything's got way too much money getting piled into it. Yep. I mean, waiting and to we're seeing all these like, studios get get shut down, and you're like, "Oh, is this going to contract at a certain yeah. point?" We wait until like the studios lose their power, and uh, it becomes more of an auteur-driven medium. Yeah, I want more. Like, where the hell did this come from? Adaptations, like we have, or I guess loose like adaptations, like Pinocchio. But even one of the pieces of art on the thumbnail that people have gravitated towards was Eternal Sonata. Which takes it, it's very, 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 very arguably an adaptation, of course. Well, well, do you not think that that's what Chopin was thinking about as Deathbed? He didn't, he didn't isekai himself to a dream world. Well, uh, we, as he we'll, was dying? we'll guess we'll never find out, will we? What if we all have our little eternal sonata right before we die? That'd be exciting. Well, um, that's one but, vision of hell. <laughs> but yeah, for people who don't know, that was a. Um, I played on the 360. I don't know if it was also on the PS3, but a, I think a JRPG. Only, oh, I seem to remember it only being 360. Yeah, um, that was the era where they were like with stuff like Blue Dragon and uh, yeah. uh, Lost Odyssey. They were really courting the Japanese market. Um, but, yes, uh, yes, it's, an, it's a, a JRPG in which you play as characters inside the dying dream of Frederic Chopin. Yeah, it's great. Do more of that. Give me more things where I'm like, why? Why did anyone make this? Why is like this? The, uh, see also the Les Misérables fighting game. Exactly. That's exactly the kind of stuff I I, I want. Um, there's enough weird people throughout history and weird like, like books that you're like, why is this being adapted? But I guess like go Dante's, for it. Like Dante's Inferno, old under seventy seven. Yeah, bringing that. I mean, up. Reli- yeah, religion has had, you know, we've had Dante's Inferno, we've had that El Shaddai, Ascension of the Metatron, which aren't, isn't an adaptation a, of a That was an odd duck. That was. You wore jeans. You wore designer jeans and you you're fought a, angels in yeah. really cool art styles. You're a jeans-wearing angel in yeah. a weird, uh, abstract world. Yeah. Even like Asura's Wrath, sort of in, in, inspired by different uh, religions. Yeah. Um, enslaved yeah. from journey, yeah. journey of the west 
Yeah, the boss fights in Dead Rising 3 were based on the seven deadly sins. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's like an easy, not an easy thing to go to, but that's like a, that that, that makes sense to use that as a framing it, device. Yeah, it's nice to just like have something in mind to sort of guide your creativity a little bit. And like, it also, um, I feel like, is a um, breadcrumb for the audience to be like, oh, I wonder what they're going to do for blank. Like, it kind of yeah. gets you thinking about the stuff before it comes up. And you don't, you, they never really like signposts that they're based on Seven Deadly Sins. So it's fun to like bring that up and people like suddenly mentally go back over it in their heads. Oh, and go, yeah, oh yeah. 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 That checks out. Yeah. Uh, are there any, are there any, any books, any, any weird things that you think? Like you bring up Horatio Hornblower all the time. Do you think that's something that could be adapted? See, maritime games feel like they, they, they could work for this kind of stuff. See, not really. I mean, the appeal of the Horatio Hornblower books, I, I sort of zone out reading out the complicated, maritime descriptions of like ship battles and stuff mm-hmm. it's more about uh you know the inner world of Horatio hornblower and his like personality because mm. he's because uh, everyone from the outside everyone sees him as like this captain picard type who's just this genius captain who's just uh full of like incredible creative ideas and uh wins the day with his cunning and yeah. uh, incredibly good seamanship but in but when you read the book you find out he's absolutely riddled with like self-doubt and imposter syndrome and he and he's never good enough for himself and that's what appeals to me as a as a book like getting to explore his character because hey we're all feel like that to some extent sure. or another don't we yeah 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 that'd be a hard thing to get across while trying to pair it with like well quite. fun maritime mechanics I mean, what can you do in a film except have him look to camera with a sort of very uncertain look in his eyes or something oh, you can you can do a lot of those looks those apparently are, those like look. rachel hornblower was one of the main considerations when they were designing captain picard as a character so oh in, interesting it's someone who has to project an image of being like rock solid and uh mm-hmm. in control but who's secretly you know you know inside sort of inwardly sort of falling apart over all the things he has to keep in his mind. Yeah, and like you said, that's almost a hard thing to to do outside of um, you know written fiction, unless you're going to have guys soliloquy or stare off into the distance. Which I'm yeah. still a big fan of staring off into the distance. Do more of that. Um, there's also the uh, the adaptations that I would say have uh, surpassed their source material at least in terms of when i think of the thing i think of the games first and the 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 source material second and that's um weirdly a lot of european books but you have your witcher you have your stalker Mm. you have your metro and then the weirdest one is tom clancy which i still think is the weirdest (laughs) thing that like i don't know what is going on there i don't know i don't know anyone who reads those tom clancy books but every like like all like all airport fiction tom clancy books Mm -hmm. are a pile of old shite Mm-hmm. It's like Dan Brown, but for military <laughs> shitheads. Did you read? Uh, did you read? Uh, what was it? Angels and Demons in the Da Vinci Code. For my sins, yes, I've read both of those, and yeah. they are absolutely awful. Yeah, I mean, uh, what kind of linguistics professor doesn't immediately recognise backwards English? A bad one, a really bad one. That's, yeah, seems uh, like it. Yeah, um, yeah. That's just. Uh, I, I find those, and I know some people are going to be like, oh, the Witcher books are, are extremely popular, but I'm like, oh, I just don't, I feel like now, at least most people, if I talk, ask them what the Witcher is, they'll just say a game. Or a Netflix And the same series. thing was like, yeah, or what's, oh yeah, Netflix series, I guess that's. Which that's main, it got made mainly because of the popularity of the game, or at least that's why Henry yeah. Cavill got on board. 
Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, then you even have your, you know, we have Cyberpunk now, which is based on a TTRPG. Um, yeah. So I guess well, well, it's based on a genre. Oh, ja- yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just Cyberpunk. All that is Cyberpunk, the game. Yeah. Do I'll you, tell you um, what sprang to mind when you mentioned video games that eclipse the thing they're adapted from. Uh, Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. Great example, yeah. And an actually astonishingly good first-person shooter in the sort of yeah. Doom 3 era of first-person shooters. Adapted from a film literally no one remembers. Yep. Um, yeah, and that was a weird one that, like, that had the, you know, Vin Diesel, like, being someone who played games wanted to be involved in it and so that had like all the studio blessing and everything i guess didn't that's, try the, to that's, just... the, that's the secret source i guess maybe yeah and it didn't just try to adapt the movie it was like butcher bay we'll tell our own story set into this world and you know that yeah. we're not beholden to whatever the plot of pitch black they, they did they did the gollum thing they took a thing that was mentioned in like one line in mm-hmm. like the actual work and they just they, they did adapted. it slightly better than the gollum <laughs> yeah just a little bit yeah just uh just a smidge um yeah, it's uh, the the last one that got me thinking, and I only have one example of this, is um, games, I guess two examples, games adapted from music or albums, and I don't mean like <laughs> rock band. Uh, the thing that got me thinking of this was uh, a couple years ago, Radiohead, and I want to say Epic, released a thing called uh, Kid Amnesia. Oh, I which heard was about a, that, yeah. It was like a walking simulator kind of built in for VR, but you can do it um, in, in non-VR, where you kind of walk through a museum of two Radiohead albums, uh, Kid A and Amnesiac. Uh, and it is like, it, it takes what you hear in those albums and creates a physical space out of it. And it just reminded me a lot of, uh, I don't know if you saw like the videos going around over the weekend that Orb opened up in Vegas, the giant Orb. I was just thinking of that, is. yeah. I was watching yeah. some footage of like the U2 concert. And yeah. Could do some crazy things with that Orb. Yeah, I have no interest in U2, but I'm like, this looks wild. Yeah, I would I, love I, to I see anything in this thing. Yeah. I don't have any interest in U2 either. I wish my fucking yeah. car stereo would get the message. Yeah. Remember the when like everyone's phones just had U two on it? Yeah, this album yeah, just my, appeared on it. Yeah, I've still got a phone with a U two album on it, and every time yeah. I get in my car and the Bluetooth syncs, it starts playing that fucking U two album. And you don't even get a cool orb to go along with it. No, quite. Yeah. Speaking, <sighs> called it the Vegas Blitzball Arena. Could you imagine if they just showed Blitzball there? Oh my god! I don't even know. I. Uh, yeah, you could confuse 400,000 audience members at once. <laughs> what, what the hell is this? Are we drowning? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't... I don't oh, uh, it, 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 oh, God. Captain, Captain Seasick mentions Kiss Psycho Circus, the Nightmare Child. That yeah. Was a, that was had... an interesting thing. That was a first-person shooter inspired by the imagery of the band Kiss. Yeah. Okay, that unlocked multiple examples of weird things. <laughs> uh, Kiss, we had... Uh, uh, the light gun game, uh, Aerosmith's Re- Revolution X. I remember that too. 90s. It was awful. Yeah, it was it was real bad. Uh, I think there was, there was another had... Aerosmith game, I think. I think it was called Quest for Fame. I can't remember exactly what kind of game it was. Why? Why? What a, what a, what a weird time. Who and then knows? we've had musicians like, you know, we had the, the Def Jam fighting games. There was a, mm. a Wu-Tang fighting game. Just like kind of weird... Again, those maybe were from the era where it was just like, let's just grab 
let's just grab anything we can. That, well, I'll tell that you what does like feel like a game license. that's a game that's adapting its soundtrack. Uh, I think of uh, Everhood. That was like an indie game that looks a bit like Undertale, but where you, like the combat is a sort of Guitar Hero style rhythm game. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. Jesse yeah. just played that's... a game for Hidden Gems that was Infinite Guitars that has similar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, people should adapt albums into games. Like The Artful Escape yeah. feels like a game that was adapting yeah. various prog rock album covers into a game. Yeah, yeah, that felt like a Bowie kind of Bob Dylan mashup created into a, a fictional band that you could uh, play through. But yeah, I think that's, um, you know, they, they've had games to where you could plug your own music into like a frequency amplitude kind of thing. But uh, yeah, I feel like there's more than like if, if there's one thing. Well, A, I would just I would like games to just be based on original things. But B, if we're going to get yeah. things adapted, like veer off the beaten path, you don't need well, to quite. adapt. I mean, you don't need to adapt. That is, I mean, the mistake all those old movie times made was that they were just trying to adapt a linear story into a linear video game. But I prefer this idea of like exploring concepts the way an album does. Yeah, Immersion yeah. storytelling, if you like. Did um, I never played the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy old point and click adventure game? Text adventure. I know that it was. Oh, it was text adventure. It wasn't even point and click. Well, there was a text adventure game uh, based on Hitchhiker's Guide that Douglas Adams helmed. Because he was a big nerd, he was big into video games, so he like gotcha. uh, did a lot of the, ad- the adaptation there. He also worked with Infocom yeah. on another game called Bureaucracy, which is a hidden gem if you like comedy. His if you like Douglas Adams' comedy writing. Oh wow! I've never There's another game called Starship Titanic, which Douglas Adams also helmed, which was like a CD-ROM uh, uh, Mist style point-and-click adventure game. Okay, it's not directly a Hitchhiker's adaptation, but it does very much have that uh, sort of energy running through it it's douglas adams entire style mm-hmm. yeah the original yeah, hitchhiker's guide yeah. was notoriously hard like really obscure like if you didn't give a sandwich to a dog in the first scene you were like fucked over like 10 hours later speaking of uh i started replaying silent hill 2 last night easily solved that one puzzle because we talked about the other week where you put the where you find the hair and then you put it on the hook yeah well, solved it solved it in a breeze thanks to that conversation so that glad was great. i could glad i could be of service how <laughs> yeah, will you how did got, you do on the wax doll horseshoe cigarette lighter puzzle no i haven't got there yet I don't think. oh shit well uh that's how you solve it <laughs> that sounds like so many things i just got out of the hospital okay rest in peace maria died too soon yes yes uh she so there's now. no way she could possibly come back no of course not you played it before right <laughs> i have played before yeah. okay yeah how do you what, what what are the ending uh i know there's several endings of that game i've never known what the sort of modifiers are for endings. well that's what i like one of the things i like about Silent Hill 2 is that the game uh doesn't tell you it's like subtle things mm. like for example if you take a lot of hits and don't heal yourself back up to full health often enough you're more likely to get the suicide ending interesting oh yeah. it's like how you are playing the game yeah if you that. if you uh, make sure to keep maria safe and uh, check in on her while she's in the hospital room a couple of times, you're more likely to get the ending where James leaves with Maria. Oh, interesting. And then if you dote on Mary, like if you think about Mary. Yeah, if you you show that you're, you know, very only interested in Mary and very fixated on uh, getting back with Mary and not killing yourself, you're more Mm. likely to get the happiest ending. Well, that's nice. 
Oh yeah, uh, George Lucas wanted me to ask. Did you ever play the uh, the the HD remasters that came out for like 360 and PS3 and PC? <sighs> yeah. Well, I've seen footage of them, and they really did not uh, do a very good job. Well, Comic Sans on signposts is yeah, very I've, funny. Yes, yes, that's the least of it. Blimey. Uh, I didn't realize they redid the voices, and it's Troy Baker and Laura Bailey. As yep. Yep. Them. Yeah. Yep. I didn't. I didn't know that. Well, fun fact. Fuck. Doesn't seem like you approved that. <laughs> Fuck and furthermore off the Silent Hill two and three HD re-release. Great games. Shall we go to Super Chats? Yes, please. Plenty of meat uh, to discuss. I think. I think I might. You know have who's missed... a bad dude? You know who's a bad dude? Pyramid who's... Head. He doesn't seem like a great guy. Well, you say that now, but by the end, perhaps you'll realise he had your best interests at heart. No, when he was he was doing some naughty things to those to those mannequins that were just all legs. I didn't approve. Oh, what of was he? What was he doing? Just well, like, they were kind uh, of they were all just kind of gyrating next to each other. I didn't like. Yeah, it. I was in the closet. And I did not like I it. Mean, I mean, they say it's a rape scene, but for me, mm-hmm. it looks more like he's trying to get them out of the way because he's trying to cook dinner. It's like Jesus, it's, I haven't got time to f- mess with you guys. I'm trying to boil some water. Trying into this apartment building's just the tiniest kitchens of all yeah. time. Really big living rooms and just real tiny kitchens. I mean, we know those mannequins uh, have a very weird idea of personal space. That's why yeah, they keep they trying to hit you with their yeah. top heads, their, with their They're top great. feet. They're great. They're not done. Uh, I think I might have missed like some pre-show. Super My Chats. first one is Rob Mace in yeah, Early read Access. That one. Read that one Thank out. you so much, Rob. Uh, do you think uh, the upcoming Avatar game will work? So that's a great example. They, you know, they're still making licensed games, uh, uh, although not directly based on specific things. We're still getting a yeah. bunch of Marvel games, a bunch of Star Wars games. Yeah, Ubisoft the Avatar's is making an just Avatar the sort game. of ongoing entity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it didn't really matter when Ubisoft got that out. Which is funny because there was, for the first Avatar, we were still in the age of the licensed game, and there was a Ubisoft adaptation of the first Avatar movie coinciding with Avatar, and it was very bad. It was, yeah, it was and bad. nobody um, cared. But as we've established, it didn't seem to matter if they were good, because uh, they, they, they were just overshadowed by the films. But speaking of Ubisoft, you know which one was good? Tell me. Michelle Ansel's Peter Jackson's King Kong the Movie the Game. Oh yeah, another game no one really good. talks about because the no, film overshadowed really cool. it, even though it was yeah. good. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. No one, else, no one talks about that movie anymore either. No. It's almost like pop culture has become really disposable over the last few years. That's sad. That's very true, but it's also sad. Uh, my um, next one is Matt Larrabee. Is that... Right, okay, Matt... Matt Larrabee gives $10 and says, Yahtzee, would you be open to sharing anything about your hunt for a publisher? Do stories of publishers screwing over indie devs ever make you consider self-publishing? Love this podcast, BTW. I don't really want to self-publish because I've done it before and it's just a pain in the ass. And, uh, well, I'm quite willing to share the hunt for a publisher at this point. It's Nick's doing it. I'm just tying up the game and I'm letting him worry about it. 
Ask Nick how it's going. Nick. 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 <laughs> stop, like, stop doing your nine jobs and focus on this tenth job you're doing for me. You know who, I have a suggestion for who should publish it. Nintendo. I don't know if you've played any of their games, but a bunch of them are delightful. Actually, the creative director of Tiny Build shouted out my old game, oh, Trilby the Art of Theft, on Twitter not too long ago. So maybe I, maybe we should talk to him. Nick. Nick. Tiny, tiny Build needs Tiny you. Build. Because my game does have a pretty tiny build, since you ask. Ah! Uh, a winged it. potato gives four ninety nine and says, I think an underrated reason these all died is the increased desire for secrecy in movie plots, especially in the internet age. Well, that's true. When you were working on these like movie adaptations, you'd often get a sort of like version of the script mm. uh, and just be have to like cross fingers promise not to tell anyone about what happens in yeah. the film. Not you yeah. or anyone else who works on the project. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it is insane how like there's uh in theory in 2025 we're getting like the first secret wars movie which is the next big kind of avengers team up uh, it doesn't have a writer doesn't have a director um so you literally couldn't make a tie-in triple a game to that because there's no no one knows yeah. what that movie is like I've, i'm assuming and maybe all the spider-men are the main characters like i don't know what that movie is so yeah, maybe that's what you can't really with, make that time. maybe that's what happened with marvel's avengers maybe like around the time they were thinking about making the movie they said hey make a video game as well and yeah they just went veered off in parallel directions and then they're like what's the th- what's the hot thing now oh everyone likes destiny let's let's make it a shared online experience yeah that game just got delisted um at the last day of september so rest in peace that game here's me playing the world's smallest violin you know who else likes that? Ant-Man, the Avenger. Okay. He's not in that game. He's not in that game, so that joke didn't quite make sense, but it made sense in my head. I'd remember if Ant-Man had been in any video games. He'd be No, he'd be hard. He well, could like, work um, as like a support fighter, I think. Well, the Atom was a DLC character for Injustice 2, and he's like the DC Universe's he's- equivalent of Ant-Man. Yeah. But anyway... Doran Grossman Naples gives five dollars and says, "Hot take: Minecraft Hunger Games started the battle royale trend." Was that before? Like, uh, it was started in DayZ, wasn't it? Which was adapted from uh, Armor. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if Minecraft Hunger Games was before that, though. There's no way for me to even know. I'm pretty sure it would have been before then. I mean, because Minecraft Hunger Games—that's a YouTube phenom, isn't it? All those uh, Minecraft whoa. YouTubers that get a lot of. This um, said. It was 2012. Okay. It could have been first. Mm, I feel like I have not heard of it then, though. I mean, maybe with the caveat that Yahtzee and I aren't super plugged into the Minecraft scene, or at least probably weren't in 2012. Those Um, young whippersnappers with their PewDiePies and their weird pedophile YouTubers who keep getting outed every other bloody week. I just want them to get off my lawn. I just have a lawn, and I just don't want them on my lawn anymore. That's all I want. Get off my pixelated Minecraft-style lawn. (laughs) Uh, Wesley Thomas gives five Canadians dollars and says, Have you seen the dross they're working with these days? No wonder they don't want to adapt them. The game had collapsed into an awfulness singularity. Uh, Well, it depends on, you know, on how much passion... Uh, people are bringing to the game project, I suppose. Like I said, 
I mean, if you get something like a Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay situation, where someone actually wants to put the effort in to make something decent, then that might be what would surprise you. Yeah. I don't know. It's still, it is still baffling to me that Game of Thrones was the biggest thing on Earth and that someone had to have pitched or at one point they had to have greenlit. Uh, there was a Telltale just, uh, video game series. Well, that's right. Yeah, Telltale kind of used to be the place where it's that's where you get your Wolf Among Us. Your, they just released that Expanse game, which I is, Yeah, I guess. Telltale, they just adapted anything that returned their phone calls. Kind of yeah. like uh, Dead by Daylight guest characters. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, remember, uh, speaking of weird adaptations, we were talking about this the other day on a stream for some reason. Uh, Enter the Matrix, which like was like a mm. companion piece to the second yes. Matrix movie that yes, has scenes were, specifically filmed for it. They were getting very meta with that. Yeah. Didn't really pay off, but yeah, it was no, a it, thought. Yeah. As we say, yeah. like video games and movies uh, decoupled a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. in the period that followed that uh, Snake in the Garden gives two euros and says everything everywhere all at once must have been pitched if you say so yeah, Snake in the Garden sort of Adam's- a multi a multiversal yeah well you could do it like one of them time loop games every loop is a different universe or something yeah or like uh, how um, Sifu handled it like yeah. every death you, you are reincarnated as a different version of yourself that has different skills and abilities. Here's an interesting idea. What if you had a game where one of your abilities was creating a portal into one of your other save files? Whoa! Like, you could have a save file where you've got a character doing all, like, completely different stuff. And you could create a portal and say, Hello, myself. Can I borrow that thing you found? That's and your, the I other like self that. goes, Of course you may. Here you are. Oh, my God. But what if you're playing the game... And suddenly you from another save file enters and you're like, who is controlling this person? And then you get worried that. Ooh, ooh, final boss twist. No, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. <laughs> Chewie, get me out of here. You were the villain all along. See, all the stuff so, you were doing in the other save file was actually victimizing your allies in the current save file. And you didn't realize. <laughs> that's, that's a great idea. We should do that. We do should it. make that game. Do it. Mm-mm. Uh, Zaratha gives five R dollars and says, Disappointed that Lies of P isn't an adaptation of Pinocchio, a true story with Paulie Shaw. Whiny voice, when can I be on my own? You just wait. Yeah, what is it with all the Pinocchio adaptations we've been seeing lately? Is there something about the current zeitgeist that makes Pinocchio a hot property? Maybe this was one of those things that went, uh, it it left public domain or something, like the Winnie the Pooh thing. I mean, it's like multiple things have adapted Pinocchio independently like without yeah, consulting I, each other we've yeah, got like the water, movies we've had Casey Green's webcomic adaptation of it we got Liza yeah. P multiple movies we had a Disney one a Guillermo del Toro one yeah huh it's weird 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 uh, John Connor gives five Canadian dollars and says so do you get an apt story to adapt or a ridiculous one to draw eyes I'm sure people just checked out Lies of P because Pinocchio is in a Soulsborne. I could certainly believe that. Not gonna, as I say, any sort of name recognition is a boost these days. People are dumb. They say, I know what that is. I will be more likely to get it. I'm not going to spoil it on here. I mean, this is the whole... Casey, t- Casey told me what the secret ending of the game is. It boggled my mind. I mean, we talked is... about the very end of Breakout and it made me laugh. 
I mean, the whole premise of advertising consumer goods is just so that if you go into a store and you see two competing products, but you remember the name of one of them, you're like 90% more likely to get the one whose name you know. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, I've talked to people who say, oh, advertising doesn't work on me. Because I never watch Kleenexes and Q-tips, and because I never watch a Kleenex advert and just think, "Oh, I need to go out and buy some Kleenex." Yeah, and I'm like, "That's not what advertising is trying to do. It's literally just trying to get the name into your memory. So the next time you're yeah. in a shop and in the market for some Kleenex, you will buy the thing you remember." So I think you'll find advertising probably does work on you, asshole. <laughs> Anyway, the dogmatic director, member for 17 months in bonus content, says, maybe off topic, but what about Vox Machina, an animated show adapted from a D&D campaign? Definitely out of the norm from what I've seen. I want the yeah, we watched the game. first episode of that when we were in Milwaukee for research purposes. And I think mm. we all agreed it kind of sucked. Though I think, wow. KC went, I think KC went and watched a bunch more of it and said it got better. Gotcha. But uh, yeah, I remember watching the first episode. I was like, this sucks. I mean... Starting a D and D campaign with a tavern brawl. I mean, really lazy. That's like, that's, that's like the the most obvious thing to do. And all and all the humor sort of fell flat for me. And uh, there was just a bit too much wanking off of ones like uh, original character do not steal. That would probably be the inevitable result of you know the the show being made by the people who've been playing as these characters for who who knows how long. Yeah, from what it sounds like, the. Uh... The, the actual critical role is much more entertaining than the animated series. That's I why have... people are always like, why, why don't you make an animated uh, cartoon of Adventures Die? I'm like, well, you don't know how the, if the adaptation will work. Maybe this is a thing that only works on one medium. Who knows? Maybe. I've, uh, I have actually drafted uh, a script for a first episode of an Adventures Die animated series. Oh, Not no. that, that there are any plans in the works. I was just sort of haunted by the idea for a while and sure. it was one of those things where i had to write it down to get myself to stop thinking about it so i posted it in like the internal slack and everyone's had a look at it and they're all like yeah that's pretty that that's pretty well done nice start work yards start with a bar fight might be yeah well it does <laughs> well it, it does actually start with a bar fight since you asked but in a good Ooh. way yeah you do as i say not as i do possibly uh, turns out it's quite an easy way to just quickly establish a bunch of characters and what they're good at. It is, yeah. But yeah, not that we have any plans to adapt it. I just felt like writing a script. But if an, if an animation studio comes along and says, "Hey, have you thought about adapting this? Uh, we'll give you a lot of money to do it." We could say, what if "Well, since you ask, we're actually a step ahead there." What if Hayao Miyazaki is so moved by the end of season three of Adventure is Nigh that he wants to adapt? Well, I think a lot of people will be moved by the ending of Adventure Nigh season three. People are already going nuts by the latest episode, and that's like oh, the mid-series thing. You just wait. You just wait. Tease, tease, tease. Wait and see what we've got for you coming up. Uh, Fungus Finder gives $2 and says, Least likely game adaptations? Science textbooks. That's well, what that's all those just, uh, Zachtronics games feel like to me. Just science textbook adaptations. My first thought was uh, Kerbal Space Program. Yes, exactly. That is that's 100% a, a... A science textbook as a game. Yeah. 
stuff that I look at, and I'm just like, I don't, there's, there's too much moving on right here. I, I don't understand any of this. Uh, Cadmon uh, Opus, Opus Magnum. That's the other one I think of. I don't okay. know what's going on in that game. I don't think I know that one. Oh, it's too much going on. Uh, Cadmon Alima gives $5. Says, I mostly liked adaptions to be able to walk in a series' spaces. Modern day, I guess it'd be better as a VR experience. Any place like you want to see? I think that's a big, a pretty powerful thing in VR, is being able to exist in a, in a place you could never exist in in the real world. I'd like to explore the Starship Enterprise. See, I, want to cool. sit, I want to sit on the captain's chair and say, yeah. make it so. But our ship in, uh, I already forgot the name of that game, Pulsar Lost Colony, wasn't that just like the Starship Enterprise? No. It wasn't shiny enough. It didn't have beige walls. Uh, what about you? Any location you'd like to see just to exist in? Uh, yeah, I want to sit in the the pilot seat of my Ava Unit One that is filled with the the goo of my of my deceased parent. He's, yeah, I kind of wanted to interrupt you before that sentence no, finished. Speaking, speaking of anime, like I'd, I'd want to walk around the bathhouse of uh, Spirited Away. That sounds nice. Okay, Spirited Away, Hayao Miyazaki. See, I'm like interested in like. Uh, the horror of the sublime just impossibly vast intimidating things i think of that when i was playing armored core 6 and occasionally i'd see like a stairwell intended for a human-sized person and my dude mm. is like nine like towering over it and the yeah and yeah. the room that it's in is like the size of 19 aircraft hangars and i'm like yeah what was the purpose of this room yeah and what the hell could a person who possibly be on that flight of stairs what could they possibly be doing there? You could probably fit the entire, you know, Amazon Corporation in a quarter of the room. I would just, I would just choose not to live in the world with the big robots. I don't want to be here. Well, seems like a lot of people uh, think that because I don't think I recall ever actually seeing any human no. beings walking around yeah. in Armored Core Six. Oh, you stepped on a lot of them. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh well, I thought that screaming noise was just uh, my brakes. <laughs> <clears throat> Lani Solfag is five dollars and says someone should make a game adaptation of Edvard Munch's The Scream. Also, <laughs> thanks, Marty, for bringing up Skies of Arcadia in the RPG stream. Love Skies of Arcadia. That would be cool to like to like exist in in like different paintings. Well, you have to take some liberties. I mean, what what, uh, what primary gameplay loops brings to mind when you look at Edvard Munch's The Scream? Just yelling. <laughs> Just yelling, just yelling uh, general ennui. Just sort of um, a guitar hero thing. Just like press the yell button in time with the yeah. on-screen prompts. Yeah, there was uh, Mario, New Super Mario Brothers. U had like levels that looked like Starry Night a little bit. Like, remember this, uh, like Star, the, the Van Gogh thing? Yeah, Maybe I made that up. Yeah. I might have made that up. That's There's fine. that one bit in Persona Five where you go inside paintings. That's cool. See, that's cool. Like WarioWare, where you got to just go into different famous paintings. Like that one of the that couple, the farmer couple with a pitchfork. You know where I want to go? I want to go to that uh, Night Owl. Yeah, I'm not American Gothic. I want to go to the Night Owl, the diner. I like that diner on the corner where there's just a couple sad people in it. Oh, Night Hawks. Night Hawks, not wrong, Night Owl. Wrong bird, I'm afraid. Oh, no, I don't good, go out at night. There's so many birds out there. That's no, a good painting, that Night Hawks. Yeah, that's great. Can I tell you about the one painting I have in my house? It's a print, not the actual painting. It's a print of a painting that I've hung is on my it, wall. The Great Wave? 
Morisaki's no. great wave. Okay. No, you fucking weeb. It's, Casey uh, has that in his background. If you stream with Casey, you see it every day. I have a print of Lanciers, Alexander, and Diogenes, which uh, recreates the meeting between Alexander and Diogenes, but where everyone's a dog. Oh my god. So you've got, just got this shiny white bulldog looking unimpressed at this scruffy terrier in a barrel. And it's, and it's one of my favorite paintings, and it's the only one I've got hung up on a wall in my house. Uh, it looks incredible. <laughs> this looks great. A plus. Have you got the right one? Uh, I'm, ass- I'm assuming. Uh, see how I... Oh, the, the link is like way too long to put in the chat. Oh no, this might be it. American Kennel Club. Uh, I put it. I just put it in the in the YouTube chat. Is that, is that the painting? Da, 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 da. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, I just dogs, like dogs, I just dogs. like the look on the Diogenes dog's face. I think those are those are A plus dogs. Because I'm a big fan. Also, of I never knew what that was called. Uh, that that uh, Alexander meeting Diogenes, and I, I but I knew the painting. So. I'm a I'm a big fan of Diogenes as a person. Do you know the story of Alexander's meeting with Diogenes? I do not. What was well, Alexander the Great was in the city that Diogenes was hanging hanging out in Corinth, maybe. Okay. I think it was Corinth, and, and Alexander was like you know you know holding court, and all the great learned men of the era had come to see him and alexander was like uh, no you none of you people interest me i want to see diogenes he's the cool mm-hmm. one so they went and sort out diogenes who was just hanging out in his barrel uh, in the in like the town square sunning himself and alexander said diogenes i greatly admire you as a philosopher uh, i i am alexander the great i basically rule the world i can provide you with whatever you want uh, anything you ask shall be yours and diogenes says could you get out of my light ah I like it. Yeah. That's great. He was, uh, I don't know why I like Diogenes so much. It might be because he's famously subtitled Diogenes the Cynic. <laughs> I feel like in a, different, in a different world, that was the, that was just, the name. You, he was the took. philosopher who didn't take any of the other philosophers' bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Where was it? Oh, yes. Prize Fighter 26. Gives 499 and says, I thought two humans' cybernetic take on Norse mythology was a really interesting way to go about an adaptation. A shame it wasn't good at all. Yeah, shame it was really bad and meant we didn't get Eternal Darkness 2. Yeah, what a mess. And then uh, if you remember, the Dennis Dyack, the, the creator of the game, like went on a rampage against journalists who didn't like the game. Yeah. And there was like, he went on one of their podcasts and they just argued about it. Very strange. I don't think it gets any points for adapting norse mythology because that's uh like basic at this point yeah i mean every game that adapts mythology is either greek or norse these days yeah one or the other yeah the fucking marvel cinematic universe adapts norse mythology When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was uh, I had an interesting story from Norse mythology the other day. Apparently, uh, Thor 
uh, was uh, on his way somewhere when an evil mm -hmm. uh, female giant tried to drown him by pissing a river out of her cooch. But quick-thinking Thor was able to uh, stem the flow by getting a, a, a rock in a sling and flinging it so hard that it plugged straight up the female giant's um, organs of generation. Why uh, Why is Kevin Feige a coward and not adapting this for the MCU? Well, that's my question. Yeah. Um, are we... Tommy Salty gives 10 PLNs and says, I like your discussions. Just wanted to thank you. It's not too late to just take that back, Tommy. Like, after what we just <laughs> talked about, it is definitely not too I'm late sure. to just be like, nope. I'm sure Tommy Salty is very interested in urine-themed mythology and mythological <laughs> stories. Uh, uh, Henry Carver Halzapata, member of 15 months in early access, says, thank you. Thank no, you. Thank you, Henry Carver Halzapata. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> and then Wittizism gives $5 and says, I have a soft spot for Chex Quest. It's my favorite of the weird Doom clone adaptations. Weird we need more games based it, on cereal. That's what is we need. it fair to say Chex Quest is an adaptation of a breakfast cereal? I mean, in the same way that like the Cool Spot Seven Up game was an adaptation the, of the a Burger logo. Yeah. yeah, the Burger King games. Like, it depends. Depends how strange we want to get with these. Well, it's. Uh, I guess it's adapting in the strictest sense of the yeah, word. Yeah. Well, moving on. Uh, 4NM gives 25 PLNs, lots of PLNs today, saying, as for The Witcher, there's The Inquisitor, another game based on Polish fantasy books, and from what I've seen, you're better off going for books. Inquisitor? Yeah, I've never even heard of that game. No, me neither. Ah, I saw the dog open in the other tab. Those are great dogs. It just brings up The Inquisitor of uh, from Star Wars, so that didn't work well. Oh, okay, I see this game. I've never heard of it. That's made up. Uh, Alex Armstrong gives $2 and says, Filchers, a good art of theft, adapt, visuals aside. What is that? Well, he's saying that the, the indie game Filcher, that I mentioned in an extra punctuation once, is a good oh. adaptation of a game I made called Art of Theft. And I don't oh. think it is. I think that's just being silly. Oh. I've never but heard anyway. Gosh, I love Super Chats that reference very obscure things that we then have to explain to the children and those me. those certainly don't break the pace of, of everything at all the children and me uh captain Cezik gives 20 swedish kroner and says what about the upcoming stalker game what about it yeah. it's an upcoming stalker game i'll let you yeah. know when it comes out mm -hmm. i've never read any that of the stalker books or films or whatever they are uh, I believe there are also books. I've I've watched the movies. The the, the Tartovsky movie it was good. Good big thumbs up from this guy. I haven't played any of the games. I'll probably play Stalker too. All right the then. Uh, and then Matthew S gives five dollars and says, "Marty, are you a UW alum or just living here?" I was ecstatic to know we were so close. Love everything you both do. First time catching live. Well, thank you, Matthew. Uh, I am an alumni of uh, UW Milwaukee. Uh, but I grew up uh, in Madison, and then I moved to San Francisco for a long time. And then during COVID, I moved back, and now I'm still living here because it's much cheaper than San Francisco. How convenient for a weeb to have gone to the University of Wisconsin and then can uh, 
produced the initialism, which looks Ooh. a little bit like an anime emoticon. God damn it. I was wondering where Ooh. we were going with this. Ooh. 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 Um, no, it sounds great, though. Not that. so rough, Marty Chan. Jesus. Can we go back to the Greek mythology? What did we agree was not, the... I didn't think I'd say that. What did we agree was the Japanization of Marty as a name? Maruti? Oh, I think so, yeah. Maruti. Yeah. Not not so rough, Baruti-chan. Well, I have a, oh, it looks like I have a, a, I have a one o'clock meeting. Bye. Alex Armstrong gives $2 and says, Marty, what are Buka's thoughts on pina coladas? Oh, pro. Pina coladas are great. Although you can't be ordering blended pina coladas if there's a crowded bar. If there's a crowded bar, you gotta you gotta you gotta help someone out and just order something simplistic. However, not a crowded bar, if you could see uh if you could see a blender, pina colada all day. I like a nice pina colada. Probably not gonna have another one till spring though. That's not so much pina blender. coladas, but I am a fan of coconut and pineapple as a flavor combination. Oh my. I've had yeah. like uh pineapple coconut cream pies and they're really good. Yeah. Something buy, about uh, the com- the combination of those two flavors really works for me. Dole makes a good orange pineapple banana juice, and let me tell you, great juice. Top, I think, top 25 juice. I feel like the banana would be ruining it for me. Bananas, you're not a fan of banana? Um, I'm f- I like bananas if they're a bit if they're a touch underripe. Mm. They they could be a little overpowering, especially banana flavored. Yeah. What's your favorite artificial fruit flavor that tastes absolutely nothing like the fruit? Because I'm fine with artificial banana flavoring. Yeah. Oh, I'm not crazy about artificial. I don't know. I quite like cherry Pop-Tarts. Cherry Pop-Tarts are good. Yeah, it doesn't taste anything like cherry, but no. um, cherry Pop-Tarts are good. And the safe way, they have to have these individual cheesecake slices that they just cover in, like, tinned cherry pie filling that's just, like, cherry-flavored glue. And, oh, I love that stuff. Cherry-flavored glue. Perfect. Anyway. Uh, Ryan Betts gives five dollars and says, "Love the content, gents. I was wondering what some of your favorite recurring gags in the SSE comment section have been over the years. Do tell." Oh, that's a good. That's a I good like the running one. gag where I call people twats for giving us money. That's a yeah. That's <laughs> that's and my I like, favorite one. I, I I apologize and I uh, I say we didn't mean it and that you're all doing great and everyone's just trying their hardest. Uh. I like begging Nick for things, and then he doesn't show up, but then he shows up later, and he just talks about nuts. Or the Rain of Fire game. Or the Rain of Fire game, yeah. I just scrolled down a bit in the chat, and there was Nick asking if anyone remembers the Rain of Fire game for some reason. Definitely do not, no. I remember the Rain of Fire movie. What a film. What a picture. Is that the one with, like, dragons in contemporary society? Yeah, it was like there was, like, a post-apocalypse that happened because of dragons. Yeah, yeah. Christian anyway. Bale and Matthew McConaughey, a powerhouse. Oh, is that the one where they adapt Empire Strikes Back into Yeah, they puppets? like Yeah, they act it out as like a campfire thing. Yeah. Sounds dumb. <clears throat> Saber Lily gives nine ninety nine and says SpongeBob has had a good record of game adaptations. One of my favorites was the one for the first movie in two thousand and four. It was a well made platformer, all things considered. I hear yeah, I there's I one too old. There's there's ones people really like. I think there's one that's big in the speedrunning scene. Battle for Bikini Bottom, I think. That sounds that sounds it's, about right. It's come up in the in the speedrun like, commentary videos I've occasionally yeah. watched. Yeah. The uh, 
Yeah, I'm just a little like I think I was just a little before SpongeBob's time, so I never got into it. But um, I know the the people who love those games fucking love those games. Big ol' L. Sorry, I'm just uh, looking at the super chats around the time I was talking about that Adventure is Nigh script I'd written, and someone said yeah. radio play of Adventure is Nigh. That was actually a thought I'd had. Like we could just record the audio, and uh, we just. Uh, Say, hey, anyone wants to animate this for their YouTube channels? It's uh, it's free to all comers. There you go. Though we'd have to like cast mm-hmm. a bunch of actors to play the characters besides the the core four characters. You can just have Jack making weird voices for everyone. No, I don't think we could get away with that. <laughs> uh, Alex Armstrong gives five dollars. And says, GTA adaptations are fun with good entries like Saints Row, Crackdown, and Simpsons Hit and Run. Well, that's not ad- adapting GTA. That's just ripping it off. Yeah, Never played Sleeping a... Dogs or the True Crime Games, though. Thanks, Alex Armstrong. Well, Simpsons Hit and Run is an, a Simpsons adaptation. And Sleeping yeah. Dogs was interesting because Sleeping Dogs felt like it was like that John Woo game. Like they were trying to do a movie, but it wasn't a movie. Yeah. If that makes sense. But Saints Row and um, Crackdown are... Just original things. IPs, yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like we're getting fewer and fewer GTA like GTA likes. Maybe they're too hard to make. Well, there's plenty of open world games. There's not so many where you also drive cars. Yeah. I guess like the last one was Saints Row in that Shutter yeah. Studio, so that's not great. Well, uh, when you make your GTA adaptation, there's so much that comes with that. As well as making yeah. the city, you have to make the vehicles and like the vehicle mm-hmm. physics and uh, the police system. You got to have the police come and arrest you if you commit crimes. And then you're held up against one of the best-selling yeah. games of all time. Yeah, comparatively, shit like Far Cry probably a lot easier. <clears throat> Doran Grossman Naples gives two dollars. Says I would play Isha paintings as a physics game. I'm pretty sure there's multiple examples of that, Doran Grossman Naples. Hey, why uh, don't you play Viewfinder? Oh, yeah. Echo Viewfind- Chrome. Yeah, Echo Chrome. And Viewfinder's got a sort of like a Isha like playing around with space from multiple perspectives mm-hmm. thing going on. Yeah. Um, speaking of interesting puzzle games with perspectives, have you heard of uh, um, Cocoon? The new game Cocoon? I'm planning to play that this afternoon. I hear it's by the limbo and inside people. And it's I by got... like one of the actual design, like one of the lead yeah, yeah, designers. Yeah. It is, I, I played got... an hour of it. Apparently, it's only like four hours, which is cool. Even Big better. Thumbs up for me so far. Big thumbs up for me so far. Okay. Very cool. Well, I'm, as I say, I'm going to play that this afternoon because I got fuck all else. Oh, Hoping no. to get some uh, Assassin's Creed code in maybe before the end of the week. Probably not, though. I mean, it just comes out at the end of the week, so well, one yeah, way or another we'll get yeah. out. <laughs> so I'll probably be playing, one way or that. Another we'll have probably playing that next week. But yeah, this week yeah. I'm going to play Cocoon and uh, see if anything else pops up. Yeah, I played the first um, I played the first hour of it. I'm um, a big fan. Interesting. Because, of course, Limbo mm. was like uh, almost genre-defining. And Inside sure. basically felt like Limbo again, and the ending kind of threw me off. This is much... This is not a Limbo or Inside-like. This is right. not a... This is not a go to the right and have sad things happen to you. This is a uh, this as I is say, much more of a, as I say, genre defining. 
There was a whole yeah. genre of games where you just go to the right and sad things happen. Probably we we just had a couple. We just had yeah. uh, Planet of Lana. That was pretty much yeah, that yeah. Exact same probably thing. peaks with little nightmares. I think that was a good one. I like little nightmares. Uh, Jackson Jewel gives five dollars. Says the painting game would be like the painted world of Ariamis. Okay, that's a good painted know. world. That's a top five painted world. Right, but they had to like uh, elaborate quite a bit on the original they painting. Did, cause it was- yeah, because you were like, oh, what's going, What's around that corner? You're like, oh, just the, the boss from Demon's Souls 1 is around that corner? That's Did weird. you know there's a school of art criticism that posits that Edward Munch's The Scream might not be depicting a person screaming, it might be depicting a person reacting to a scream. Interesting. So, like, we are the screamers? Maybe. And they are. Or maybe the screamer, or maybe it's one of the figures in the background is the thing that's screaming. Who knows? Sound off in the comments below. Uh, Alex Armstrong gives $5 and says, I'm split on Sunset Overdrive. Ooh, just like you and me. Now we're split on Sunset Overdrive. (laughs) Gameplay was fun and felt infamous adapted, but protag and dialogue was crap. Soundtrack was all right. Glad it's on Steam now. Yeah, I think that's pretty much my feelings about it guys played as the guy his character was less interesting you, you keep all. saying that i know i keep saying that i don't even know if it's right <laughs> i keep saying it um the the gameplay was was great some of the best best feeling 3d locomotion in any game i've ever played sarur sarau gives 200 rupees says just received the first royalties from my book inspired by yahtzee's work wanted oh. to show my appreciation keep up the good work gents also spongebob battle for bikini bottom is greatest of all time you could just say goaded goaded the kids the kids know what goaded means uh congrats on publishing uh your yes. your book i see and- your uh youtube profile picture is the picture you chose for the book jacket you could plug Jeez. it if you want i am fast I plug if it's inspired by my things, I will be I would be very flattered. That's the whole thing about Super Chat. Just pay to plug your stuff. Yeah. I I I ain't bugging. You're gonna be bugging when you play cocoon, because you know what that game's got? Bugs. I got can't bugs. criticize another author for wanting to wanting more people to buy their books. Nobody buys books these days. Is the book called World Heist? If the book's called World Heist, I just found it on Amazon. Oh, okay. Do you have another book called Bounty Hunters? Because if so, I also found it on Amazon. Which one's inspired by my work? I must know. Well, if it's the one just published, it would probably be World Heist, a globe-throtting sci-fi action thriller, because it was um, it was published earlier this summer. Hmm. Well, I did write a heist novel. There you go. Will Destroy the Galaxy for Cash was about heists. What's, your favorite, heist? What's your favorite heist thing? Ooh, I do like heists. Uh, I do like heists, too. What's my favorite heist thing? I like Ocean's Eleven. That's a good heist. Yeah. I kind of like that Rick and Morty episode where they take the piss out of heists. That's a good one. That's a good one. Deconstructing Mm. the heist is good. Yeah. Uh, What's that movie? The Sting? I think it was the Robert Redford movie. Yeah, that's a great con. Yeah, that's That's a good con film rather than heist film. Yeah, yeah. I feel like those are two flavors of the same... Hmm. That's just chocolate and white chocolate. Which now that I think about it, white chocolate's way different than regular chocolate, so maybe that, that description doesn't work. I remember kind of liking that uh, Sean Connery, Catherine Zeta-Jones movie, Entrapment. Entrapment, which yeah. Is about, which is about heists. Absolutely. Give me some give me some laser beams that we gotta dip beneath. 
Well, it might be just because I really like the Thief games, that I like heists as a concept. Mm-hmm. Though yeah. I never liked the Payday games, but then I'm not a multiplayer man. Multiplayer, yeah. Heat? Heat's a heist gone awry. A heist uh, that just turns into a big old shootout. Ah, uh, that's a boring heist. Like, uh, there's just I, a heist that's failed. I prefer the Ocean's Eleven brand heists where you think that they're fucking up, but oh no, turns out the the heist had this planned all along. There was, if you like that kind of heist, there was a good, um, there's a recent uh, Netflix series called Lupin, based on Arsene Lupin. It was a French series um, oh. that had a really, it was like a three episode thing that had a really good heist where you get to that moment, you're like, oh, everything, they fucked up everything. No, they did it all on purpose. No, well, now you, now you spoiled that. Just go back, just rewind and pretend I didn't say it. There okay. I'll just easy, easy, easy. Just, I'll just just pop open that portal to the other dimension from an earlier save file and tell earlier you just to oh, okay. steer the conversation away. I'll just sniff Toffee's breath until I forget things. Oh no, poor Toffee! Uh, jump and shoot gives ten dollars. Uh, yes, that's the next one, and says mm-hmm. the mummy demastered was okay. I guess a bit Metroid Zero mushroom mission feeling. That was, uh, I remember that one, uh, I have not played it, but people have said that that was surprisingly, uh, that was like one of those adaptations that's just way better than the shitty uh, Mummy movie. Well, the only way was up. Yeah, I mean, when you start down there, then you can easily, you can easily uh, get out of it. Yeah, I heard that was good. I believe that was way forward. Captain Seasick gives 20 Swedish Kroner and says, could Hellraiser work as a horror stroke puzzle game? Sure. Give me one of those spooky boxes to have to flip around, and all of a sudden you get some demons behind me. I've never really liked it where they interrupt a survival horror game for you to do like a little sliding tile puzzle before you can continue. I always uh, the 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 room games always reminded me a little bit. Although there was never like a spooky thing there, but there was always this feeling that someone might be watching from the shadows. Um, did you ever play the room games? Those little puzzle box games. I played various things along those lines, you know, the mm-hmm. Escape the Room flash games that used to be yeah. an awful lot of. This was, uh, the, the Room one specifically, it was mostly like a, a singular object. And it was like, I think it originally released for iPhone. And so it was very much like touch and you're, you're pinching and pulling oh, and oh, maneuvering right. the object and it's changing and evolving. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. yeah. And then Chains jump out of it and uh, spear your flesh with yeah, hooks yeah. and then you mm-hmm. are dragged off to another dimension to experience pain and pleasure indivisible for the rest of time yep that is that one uh, potato hermit member for two months in early access says oot that last adventure is nigh episode was crazy great stuff i thought that was ocarina of time at first no but that, would, that would be silly that yes, so all you non-members had better hurry along and watch it this weekend because everyone's going nuts for the crazy stuff we pull in that episode. But going wild. And it's only the beginning, wild. only the beginning of the crazy stuff that goes on throughout the course of season three. And this this episode was originally twice as long, had to be cut in half because of such yes. a long recording session. You might have noticed an awkward conclusion at the end of the most recent episode without a proper sign-off <laughs> because uh, Jack had to split things up. But that's good. All the more episodes of Adventure is Nigh Goodness. Delicious. Alex Armstrong gives $2 and says, Want a good mixed drink, Marty? Amaretto and Coke. 
I like an amaretto and coke. I can't I can't drink too much too much sugary soda. Yeah, amaretto and coke tastes like uh, alcoholic Dr Pepper to me. Yeah, yeah, which 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 can be dangerous. Yeah, I've, I tend to avoid Coke style soda these days. There's a soda that my local Whole Foods does that's like Coke, but not quite as sugary. And it gotcha. tastes like it, it and, but it's a little drier and a little more refreshing. And I can't really go back, I find. Yeah. Yeah, especially the sort of the Americanized Coke and Pepsi, the sugars that's in there. Yeah, it's just cloying. Mm-hmm. Uh Captain Seasick gives 50 Swedish kronen and says, should perhaps clarify about my Hellraiser idea. I was thinking more along the lines of portal-level puzzles than Resident Evil. Yeah, I think okay. you could, like, uh, a real spooky puzzle game would be cool. But where's the theming coming into that? I mean, do you yeah. open the right portal and then chains come out and spear your flesh and drag you off to a tedious netherworld of pain? Or are you, like, a game designer in hell who needs to create the puzzle boxes like you need to create a puzzle box that can ensnare the most people. That seems like it would be hard to design as a game. That's because you have never been a game designer in hell. You've only been a game designer on our ethereal plane. Toffee's decided that we're done talking and it's time to play. I'm going to be honest, Toffee, that was great timing because uh, that was the last Super Chat. Well done, Toffee. I'm sure he could sense it somehow. He's learned to figure out when I've scrolled to the bottom of the... the, uh, the super chat window. Yeah. You know, it's oh, when yes. the money stops coming. Yes. Thank you for, thank you for listening to slightly something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Yatsi Croshaw. I, you might know me better as the bloke who does zero punctuation. And funnily enough, there's a zero punctuation coming this week, uh, on Wednesday. Uh, Mortal Kombat one is the one for the public release. Ooh. The non-public release. Uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to spoil it. In fact, I can't. So, it's a very uh, good pivot. I'm going to be honest, it was a very good pivot. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it'll be an interesting one, that. I recommend you all check it out. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's this week's <laughs> punctuation. I've also got an extra punctuation uh, dropping for everyone on Thursday. And then, of course, everyone has to see the new Adventures Night on Saturday we've just established. Yes. It's some real schemey bullshit that Mortimer and pals get up to in that one. Love me some schemey bullshit. Exact, exactly Mortimer's comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So what else has the escapist got coming up? Marty Sleva, deputy Lay. editor-in-chief. I did it. Later today. Uh, hidden Gems, slain, colon, back from hell. I don't know what it is. Well, that's a dry heave situation, isn't it? Slain, colon, back from hell uh, yeah i've got a slain colon because ah. uh i had too much at the indian restaurant last night <laughs> uh man i could go for some indian food right now um then uh yeah normal normal streams throughout the week we'll be having uh i believe nick will be back for dark souls tomorrow um we're gonna be doing um uh, obviously post cp we'll have breakout um more Zelda. We're starting Devil May Cry. All sorts of good stuff for you guys. So just tune tune into all that and go to the website. There's so much good stuff on the website. You can read read things. It's like videos, but you gotta do a little bit more work. Yeah, that's how yeah. that's how reading works. Yeah, I usually put the subtitles on videos I watch these days, so it's that's I can have all the fun of watching a video and reading at the same time. Exactly. Same. 
Well, I guess that'll be it from us then. Mm-hmm. I think Toffee would like to be taken out for a walk now. Oh, bye, Toffee. But uh, I'll see you all on Wednesday for my usual mm-hmm. stream. And until then, cheery bye. 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 Toffee's wagging his tail to take goodbye. bye.